Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. And I I think of how encouraging this must have been for Eli. These words rolled off his lips. Remember what he said to her? He said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she heard that, and she said, I believe it. Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Rob continues our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Elkinah and Hannah gave their son to God. This was hard for them, but their willingness was to fulfill the vow they made to God. This must have been at great personal cost, but is evidence of godliness in Elkinah and Hannah. Even in this difficult situation, they could worship the Lord. Praising God during difficult times may not be easy, but it is praise God is pleased with. Now let's join Pastor Rob for this final teaching in chapter 1. And they will give thanks to the Lord. They will trust in Him, and they will will see it. Real worship is something that's not just heard. It's, It's seen in the life. And here she is. Her life is being seen. Totally, it's almost like a spotlight from heaven was right upon her, and Eli, and one of his more clear moments, notice something unusual. So Eli said to her, How long will you drink? Put away your wine from you. Thank you. (laughs) Can you imagine Hannah? Woman, put away your wine. And I love, you know, so quick to judge her. But Hannah answered, and I love this, her reverence, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. If I've drunk anything, it's, it's, it's the sorrows that I've been experiencing, and now I just want to cast my care upon the Lord, for he cares for me. I'm just bringing it all before him. When's the last time you prayed like that? When you're truly desperate, I tell you, these days are pretty desperate. We've been in pretty desperate days. May it provoke us to be a people of prayer. Join us Tuesday night, 7 p.m. We meet for a prayer meeting in the fellowship hall. There's plenty of room. 
I would love to see all those chairs filled, not because we need to fill the chairs, but just to see the church praying. You can pray at home. There's no problem. But can you come out for 30 minutes, 15 minutes? People come and go. You don't have to stay the whole hour. We usually pray about an hour. Come out and pray with us. She says, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said to her, notice this, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. And so the woman went her way, and she ate, and her face was no longer sad. It seems that once Eli made the declaration, even this compromised man Hannah looked at him, and she heard the voice of God in that man. And what did her faith do? It it, it did something. Notice her reaction. She gets up, she ate, and her face was no longer sad. She says, you know what? That's a good enough answer for me. The high priest told me that whatever my prayer was, and I, I love that. And God says, you know what? Isn't that amazing? God can use a man like Eli who had no discernment, and yet spoke a truth to her, and she appropriates it in faith and operates in it and upon it. What a great thing this is. This is huge. This is so like the Lord. Simply believe when God has spoken and then act upon it. I believe with all my heart that this blesses the heart of God when we do this. We simply believe him and his word. It's that simple. There isn't any kind of false pretense. It's just, Lord, I believe, and therefore I believe it. Because faith comes by hearing. She heard, and she believed. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Remember God promising Abram that he would give him a son from his own body in Genesis 15, verse 6. And what does it say? And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. He believed what God had said. It's that simple. I believe what he says. I believe his word. And when you do, you act upon it. And God is blessed when we do. Act upon his word. Act upon what he has spoken to you about. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't try to figure it out. Because the more you try to mess with it, the more you're going to mess it up. Just do what he says. He's able to make all the other things come into, into plan. I remember a woman many years ago went to the, she believed that God had called her to go to the mission field, and so she sits in, she didn't have any money, so she goes, and there's a woman from our church many years ago, I think her name was Peggy Blevins, I think. She goes and she sits. She believes God has called her to go, I forget what country she was going to, Africa, I think. She believed it. So she sat in the airport. I forget how long it was, it may have been a day or two, I don't really know. And finally, somebody walks up to her and gives her an envelope full of money, unbeknownst to her. And it's the exact amount she needed to get where she needed to go. She didn't know the person. Can God do that? Yeah, he does. She believed God. And I wonder what, we, what would happen if we did that more often. I believe you, God. I, don't, I can't figure it out. I don't have the money. I don't have the means but I'm just going to do what you told me to do, what I believed you told me to do. Let him figure that out. He's able. You're not. I'm not. So then they arose early in the morning, and they worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at, at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. This Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. This is just a, a King James version of he had relations with her. 
And certainly he had physical relations with her before, but notice now the added ingredient to this whole thing. And the Lord remembered her. That's the important part. The fact that Elkanah knew his wife is natural. It's easy to do. The part that they couldn't do was produce a child until God showed up. So Elkanah knew his wife. The Lord remembered her. Remember that any impossible situation plus God becomes a possibility, and more than that, an assurance. Any, poss- any impossible situation plus God becomes a possibility, and more than that, an assurance. How big is your God? Is he impotent? Is he without power? Or is he omnipotent, all-powerful? Make your decisions concerning not what is based upon feelings or without fact. Base it upon the facts that we read in the Scripture and ask God for the faith to believe. He's not upset with you praying for faith. He's not even upset for you asking, Lord, give me a greater love for you. Can you imagine going up to your wife after you've been married? Or maybe even on your wedding day, that'd be fun. Try that, guys. Go up to your wife on the wedding day, right after you kiss her. Now I present to you so-and-so, and they walk down the aisle, and there's rice and flowers flying. Then he gets out to the, the thing, and he goes, you know, honey, I, I really pray that I would just, I would, you know, love you more than I do. What? But see, God is not concerned about that. He knows our frame. He knows we are dust. He knows what we're made of. And in fact, he has all the love. He is love. So it's okay to go to him and say, God, I need more of your love for you too, Lord. But I need love for people. I need love for my own kids and my wife. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah, verse 20, she conceived and she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. And notice it's true that she asked him from the Lord. It was not some kind of transaction that needed to be made. God is sovereign. Now the man, Elkanah, and all of his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. Notice, Underline that, and his vow. What are you talking about? She's the one who made the vow. Turn with me to Numbers 30 quickly. We'll look at this. Numbers 30, we're just going to look at the first eight verses of this. I love this. The man Elkanah and all of his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But I only record, I only read that Hannah made the vow, but notice what it says in Numbers 30. It says, Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Or, if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by some agreement while in her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow and the agreement by which she has bound herself, and her father holds his peace, then all her vows shall stand, and every agreement which she has bound herself shall stand. But 
If her father overrules her on the day that, she hear, that he hears, then none of her vows nor her agreements by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will release her because her father overruled her. If indeed she takes a husband while bound by her vows or by a rash utterance from her lips by which she bound herself, and her husband hears it and makes no response to her on the day that he hears it, then her vows shall stand and her agreements by which she bound herself shall stand. But if her husband overrules her on that day that he hears it, he shall make void her vow which she took and what she uttered from her lips. So at some point, Elkanah heard the vow of his wife, and he didn't go against it. He said that amen to that. So now, not only her vow, but it's his vow as well. But Hannah did not go up immediately after the child was born, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. You know, and I think about this, because as, she, as he is nursing, as Samuel is nursing on Hannah, Think of how sweet and precious those times are, knowing that she's got just a few years. And then he's gone. She'll see him a couple times a year, perhaps, maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. But this one thing that she prayed for, that she's going to give to God, now she's got this alone time. Can you imagine the preciousness of that time that she had, looking in his eyes as he's nursing? knowing very well that this is, this is my golden moment, this is my moment, finally a son, and I'm going to give him to the Lord. I mean, it's a touching thing, an amazing act of worship. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Notice what he says. Only let the Lord establish his word. In other words, they read what we just read. They knew what we just read in Numbers 30. Those first eight verses, Elkanah was very much aware of that, and so was Hannah. And he says, only let the Lord establish his word. And then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bowls, one ephah flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli, who was the high priest at that time. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. And I I think of how encouraging this must have been for Eli. These words rolled off his lips. Remember what he said to her? He said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she heard that, and she said, I believe it. She had a son, and now she brings the reward of that. (laughs) Can you imagine how this all just kind of coming full circle now? There she is with the child. She says, I give him to you. This must have been really encouraging to him because even in his compromise, God allowed him to be a part of pronouncing this blessing upon Hannah. And now here she is with the proof. And also what a blessing and great help and example Samuel would be to him and his two evil sons. Samuel was just what they needed at that time, a man of zeal and great integrity. That's why it's so important that we share our prayers and the answers to prayers with each other. We need to encourage each other that our prayers aren't just hitting the ceiling and of no effect. That's why in our prayer meetings I often like to start... uh, 
uh, our prayer meetings by saying any answered prayer. We need to hear that. Let's not just you know pray to God and then expect nothing to happen. Then why do we you know? It's important that we talk afterwards, next week, maybe the week following. Whenever God answers that thing, no matter what degree of it is, let's share it with one another. We need to hear what God is doing in your life, what you have prayed. How are we going to be encouraged? We need to be encouraged by these things. That's, how, that's the way the body of Christ is supposed to be. And you know, I think if we did that, we'd be much more thoughtful and we'd be much more excited about prayer. Not that we need to do that, but I think it's really helpful. It really does encourage each other. It encourages us when we hear how God worked. How did he work? What happened? Well, it didn't happen the way I thought it was. It happened some way I didn't even see it coming, and God just brought this, and, and, and God answered the prayer. Or it may be, you know, God did answer the prayer, and he shot it out of the sky. He didn't let it happen. In fact, I tried to put my hand on it, and I burned myself. It wasn't the time. God didn't want that for you. I prayed for that job, and I tried everything. I had. I made my resume look great. I went to Harvard, and I went to Yale. I did community work. And God didn't allow me to get the job. Therefore, verse 28, we'll end here. Notice she says, I have also lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And so they worship the Lord there. And this is a true heart of worship. It's sacrifice. Never forget that true worship is sacrifice. When Kathy and I, back in, I think it was in 2015, we went to Star of Zagora. Was it 2013? I think it was 2015. Uh, we went over there and we did a worship conference at a church in Stara Zagora, which is the capital there in Bulgaria. Or not, not, not the capital, it's Sofia, but it's another city. And, um, and one of the slides that I put right up in front of the, because I had a PowerPoint thing, and the very first slide was a lamb. It's a, it's a, I forget the name of the... Uh, painter, but it's, it's just a lamb up on an altar, a cute little lamb, and its legs are tied up, both of them. All four legs are tied, and it's just sitting there waiting to be sacrificed. But worship, at the core of it all, is sacrifice. You see it in Abraham when he offered up Isaac, and he'd already committed his mind that this was going to be it. Believing that God, if he did follow through, which God had told him to, first he knew that sacrificing a human being is something the pagans did. Why would God ask me to kill my own son? But God, I believe you. You told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. So he gets up there, and as you know, he pulls up that knife, and he's about ready to plunge it in. He says, Abraham, don't do it. There's a ram. Go take him. God will provide himself a sacrifice. Certainly Jesus did. But true sacrifice, true worship is sacrifice. We can't forget that. Oftentimes we give and we do things with our life that's easy, things that are convenient. And I do the same thing, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to say that I'm some great example because I'm, I'm not. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. But 
real sacrifice, or real worship is sacrifice. Sometimes I, I'll get my paycheck and I'll see how I do the month. And then at the end I decide, well, I'll give them, normally I would give them, you know, whatever it is. But I spent too much money on pizza and going out to dinner, so I don't have that much less. So I'll give them five, five dollars. But you know what the heart of faith says? As soon as I get that paycheck, I'm going to offer, I'm going to give what I should give, and then I'm going to find, figure out how to work out the rest. And believe me, that's not easy for me to say. And it could be in anything. It's not just in money. It could be in your time, in your life. But see, that's where real worship is, is when we don't know the end. And yet, Hannah gave her son. All she wanted in life was this son. It validated her as a woman. It validated her as a, as a wife. And she said, I'll give him. I'll give him to you, Lord. And the Lord got a great deal. But it goes on, and for in, the, in the second chapter, we'll see in a week or two, in verse 20 it says, And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan which was given to the Lord, and then they will go to their own home. And it says in verse 21 of of 2 Samuel chapter 2, And the Lord visited Hannah. This is after she gave birth. After the act of worship had already been accomplished, she followed through on her end of the deal, and she says, Lord, I give him. And she finally does it. She follows through on her end of the deal. And notice what happens. The Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons. And two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. I love that. It's almost like the Lord saying, you know, I'm not going to be outgiven. I'm not going to be indebted to you, Hannah. You gave to me out of the abundance of your heart, and that was good. It was, it was wonderful. And I bet it made the Lord smile big time. And he says, but I'm going to bless you many times over because of that heart of yours. He blesses her with three sons, two daughters. Can you imagine the smile on that woman's face? Her husband just beaming over her, the one he really loved. Now he's got heirs. He's got heirs, plenty of heirs. He's got one serving in the tabernacle in Shiloh. Wow. What a man. What a guy. What a woman. What a God. (laughs) You know, happy days are here again. Slay the fatted calf. Bring out the... Boston cream donuts and coffee. Let's stand together. Don't you just love Samuel? I love this part of the scripture, and it gets even greater because we look at, there's just so many things we're going to learn about ourselves, we're going to learn about the Lord, and we're going to see just the formation, the very beginning of the monarchy, and it's such an exciting, exciting time in the history of Israel. So, Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for blessing us tonight, Lord. Help us to, um, Lord, as we've seen the, this awesome worship service that Hannah has done, Lord, may you encourage each one of us, Lord, in our own ways, in, our, in, in whatever way you call us to do, Lord. Help us to remember. Help us not to forsake sacrifice, Lord. I need to remember that, too. And, Lord, may you have your way in each of us, Lord. May we hold nothing back from you. We love you, Father, and we thank you, Jesus, for this time.
I pray you'd open our hearts and open our minds and keep us safe, Lord. Keep us healthy and continue to feed us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.